0: Here are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly.
1: Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Illini Palace Saturday Sports Talk. We're with you on this beautiful Saturday morning. 64 degrees and sunshine right now. No rain in the forecast. And we'll be here until 11 o'clock, as usual, on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. How are you, Mr. Tate?
2: I'm hoping for a run over today. Let's go to 12. Okay, you got a tea time.
1: No, I don't have a tea time (laughs) today, actually, but uh, we'll do anything. This is your show. (laughs) You call the shots. You're the quarterback. We'll uh, do anything you want to do. We've got some guests lined up for you. We'll talk about uh, name, image, and likeness with uh, Cam Buckner, state representative, who was one of the co sponsors of the bill in the state of Illinois. We'll get an update from him. He was in town uh, the other day. You had a chance to visit with him a little bit. Yeah, with the
2: governor, yeah. Got to talk to him a little bit. and uh, it was it was one of those political type uh, announcements you know where everybody got up and spoke right. and said virtually the same thing but cam was a guy that was uh, on the ground floor of it and he he worked hard on it and they've got it through now it's an Illinois law so the NIL will be administered in the state of Illinois under a, a legal situation but in most cases across the country and i don't know the exact number cuz there's some states that have laws but mostly it's going to be a, it's going to be the nca trying to figure out what's you know uh, from 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 time to time there'll be decisions made that will be changed because of the they'll go to court and and and, and they're all not going to be the same
1: well they need to be the same well, that's, that's will, why they, you, you need to get will. congress and, involved when
2: congress it? gets around to it it will be the, it will be more the same but even then, Steve, there's going to be there's going to be offers to players that are going to be beyond what would be customary, and that will be tested legally to see if if you can do that. Because I asked the other day, what what if what if, uh, what if uh, Kofi Coburn, let's say, signed a picture, and um, and and was given twenty thousand dollars by somebody for that picture, they would deem that. Um, out of the ordinary. They, they, they There would be a red flag fly up at the University of Illinois about that. Now, what would be the ultimate uh, conclusion on it? I don't know, because we'll we, we have to get a legal ruling on and it. And who's but going to have do the time? They have to be limits? Or do they have to be limits? Maybe they don't have to be And who's, ha-
1: who's going to have the time to chase something like that? Not the NCAA. The, they haven't no, done they, it
2: very. This is going to go right to court. I know. But
1: yeah. think of how many cases like that there might be around the country of, oh, of oh, things going oh, on.
2: I mean, you can just see booster groups getting together and piling up money for star players. I mean, there's no qu- They've been doing it anyway under the table. Now they can try to do it legally.
1: And there's an old saying that cheaters will cheat. Oh, yeah.
2: And if, maybe, you can, maybe you can cheat and, and, and make it legal.
1: <laughs> also, I don't know. Speaking I'm just of saying the uh,
2: courts will decide.
1: Speaking of Kofi, as you did there, you dropped his name. Interesting, the last 24 hours of rumors about what he's doing, and he, I think he's surprised I hesitate the word to use the word "shocked" because I wasn't shocked that he put his name in the portal. I was a bit surprised to raise an eyebrow, but a lot of people claimed they were shocked, and
2: uh, His options have been diminished since he did not perform better in the G-league combine. That's my opinion, and I think that uh, now he's looking for alternatives, and I think he's just going to try to keep all options open.
1: We've got the uh, telephone lines open, by the way, 217-356-9397. If you'd like to join us, and Eric in Champaign is first up on I Fellows Saturday Sports Talk. Go ahead.
3: Hey, guys. Um, uh, Lauren, you know what Pandora's box is, correct?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well,
3: generally, yes. Yeah. All right. So look we've up, uh, we've opened uh, it, Emory. Uh, yes, you heard of a kid named Hersey Miller, uh, incoming freshman at Tennessee State, just signed a two million dollar deal to, with a tech company, a web design company. There hasn't even played a game there yet. I, I I cannot. But you have to Google this one. It's a he's a rapper's son, but Tennessee State out of Nashville. He got a two million dollar deal. It little it makes it makes Trent Frazier's forty five dollar cameo videos look a little silly.
2: <laughs> well, that's right, and and there are going to be some extreme examples, and you're you're listing one right there, and we see this in social media already. We you know there are young ladies making a million a month by posing. Yep. Because they have oh, yeah. they have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that sign on for twenty dollars a month. And, uh, you know, I don't know what they feel like they're getting, but they evidently feel their $20 gets them their money's worth. And you get enough people, it it adds up. And I think there's going to be a lot of that. uh, That's going to happen in college basketball for sure.
3: Well, this one kind of raised my eyebrows, not only for the figure, but for the fact that kid never played a game there yet. He's just an incoming freshman. And so... You know, what, and I think you mentioned it a week or so ago, you know, places like Columbus, Ohio and, you know, Ann Arbor, Michigan, they got a little bit more uh, deep pockets than Champaign, Illinois, as far as the businesses around here to, with the money bags waiting to, uh, you know, to entice who's ever coming in. Because, you know, the deal was signed after they, they, uh, they uh, signed with the school. But who's to say it wasn't worked out, you know, weeks or months before that? Well, that's uh, the
2: illegal part that, that will that'll, that'll be happening all the time. And yeah. it's illegal. You can't you can't negotiate. Uh, you can't recruit that way. But it will happen. It's
3: always happened. Mhm. All right. I just wanted to give my two cents. Yeah. Have a good show.
1: I appreciate it. Thanks, Eric. 217-356-9397 is the number if you'd like to jump in. I'm gonna say good morning as well this morning in the studio. Our friend Steve Lehman, who is visiting a Fourth of July weekend from Nashville, Tennessee. Laymo, how you doing?
4: Yeah, right where Hersey Miller's from, so yeah. we, uh, we come up here with weird news on that, I guess. <laughs> but how are you guys doing?
1: We're doing well. There's a, a basketball um, commitment this morning to tell you about for Illinois. Sincere Harris is his name. He's a six-four shooting guard, said to be a four-star guard out of Akron, Ohio, same high school as LeBron James went to, and he is verbally committed to the University of Illinois. So that's uh, good news. And Illinois football got an offensive lineman from out east, out in New Jersey. Matt, I'm not sure if it's Fries or Freeze, but uh, F-R-I-E-S is uh, going to sign at some they're doing point. It,
2: they're doing awful well with receivers and offensive linemen. Yeah. N- haven't got a defensive lineman yet, and until they do, I'm not excited you got to get some defensive linemen.
1: Steve Lehman uh, hosted uh, not this show, but another show on uh, this radio station with yours truly for how many years? Uh, Gosh, close to at four, least four. At least yeah, four, close to five. When you were in school here and then uh, left to go to Tulsa to uh, do some uh, television. Ended up in Nashville. You Nashville and you must be getting along okay. You've been there a while now.
4: Nashville's a great place. It's 10-plus years at this point. So, yeah, I, I don't know. You never say never in this business, but I may be there for a while.
1: This is a a broad-ranging question, but uh, since NIL is such a hot topic, uh, what's your take on this? Uh, You were, uh, not that long ago, uh, a a student, uh, not necessarily a student-athlete, but you could kind of uh, feel for what they're going through, and what are your thoughts on this?
4: For sure, and I traveled a lot with teams in college, and so I had a lot of friends and acquaintances who were college athletes, and I'll tell you this much. I was never around a student athlete in college who complained about what they got. So that's the first part. I mean, they had their school paid for, they had the training table, they had all the facilities, which have only gotten better, by the way, in the 15 years since Mm -hmm. I've been out of school.
2: Tennessee uh, athletes receive $6,000 on top of their scholarship.
4: Yeah, exactly. Now Mm -hmm. you've got these stipends that have come in. So I haven't heard a lot from athletes who've been complaining, but there definitely is a growing number of athletes. They're saying, look, It's a billion-dollar TV contract or whatever for the NCAA basketball tournament, and I'm an athlete playing in it, and I get nothing out of that, essentially. And so this was definitely coming. I think the NCAA attacked it the wrong way. The fact that they fought the Austin case was terrible because it didn't win them anything if they won it, but it's opened Pandora's box, as the last caller said, because I'm not sure they'll ever win another ruling again, and – As you guys were just talking about, what's the slope here? When you start trying to investigate these things, the NCAA would be the unit to do that. I don't know if they have any leverage at this point. If you want to come to them and say, well, X school did this because ahead of time, or they had this lined up for the player before they ever signed or came on campus— can the NCAA step in and do anything about that? I don't know well, what leg they have to stand on at this point, and that's it, the thing that scares me about turning the, this into the wild, wild west.
2: Everything's going to wind up with the Supreme Court, I guess. I, I, you you know, may be right. Yeah, that, that, that you know this recruiting thing that we talk about—that you can't do anything in you can't offer somebody something in advance. What if it goes to court and then the, and 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 the Supreme Court says why not? Yeah. Why not offer? I mean, <laughs> well, well, based
4: off of Justice Kavanaugh's concurring opinion in the Alston case, you yep. it doesn't appear that the Supreme Court's likely to strike down anything against the athletes. They seem to be in favor of the athletes getting whatever benefit that they can possibly get out of this. And so I think we have gotten into the place where we're going to see these big time deals. The thing I totally miss, I'm totally for NIL for the athletes because I think a lot of them have earned it. The thing I totally didn't even comprehend Steve when it was first coming up a year or so ago and they were in these discussions is I thought okay you're going to find a star basketball player or two or three on a really good team you're going to find the quarterback or or the the best defensive player and those guys are going to be able to make some money but how many other athletes on campus are truly going to be able to monetize this that's the thing where I've been stunned at hersey miller the rapper or olivia dunn the gymnast at lsu or the cavender twins on the fresno state women's basketball team you found these people who aren't getting rich off of their athletic prowess they're getting rich off of their following it through rapping or That's, uh, instagram yeah. or tiktok or whatever it is and it, and they should have that right, but that is the part of this that I never even considered until about a week ago.
1: And that surprises me because you're of the generation more so on social media than either me or Thank Lauren. you for putting
4: me there. I'm not sure I feel that way.
1: <laughs> well, anyway. I know. You're, you're feeling <laughs> old like us, right? Because I, I, I wasn't thinking about the, the social media uh, possibilities of that and people with you know, hundreds of thousands of followers and such and how they might monetize that. That yep. was all new to me.
2: Yeah. What I saw just this morning is that Ohio State has over nearly three million followers in social media. That's the cumulative of, of everything. But three million—they're starting with three million people who are really interested in, in Ohio State athletics. Florida second, Oregon third, Illinois fifty-sixth yeah. in social media following. They've got about three hundred thousand people. But three thousand—if you could talk—if you could convince. As, a, as an athlete, if you could convince 300,000 people to give you $10 a month, boy, that would add up in a hurry. That'd be a lot of money over the course of a year. Sure will. I, I,
4: one more thing on this is the NIL opens a lot, and we'll see how it plays out. But honestly, the biggest concern I have right now, especially in basketball in terms of where it's going, is essentially the limitless transfer possibilities. Because that, to me, especially coupled with NIL – I think really could make college basketball messy. Every
2: time I come up with a thought, he gets shot down. I said, well, you know, these guys can only transfer once. If they try to transfer a second time, the NCAA is going to be very rigid on them. And somebody mentioned, oh, yeah? What if he decides to transfer the second time, goes to court, and the judge says, absolutely, he can do it. Maybe he can transfer three times. Maybe he can transfer. The the NCAA doesn't have the final say in this. The judge does.
1: We've got the phone lines open. I'm sure that a lot of you folks would have an opinion on this. The NIL, 217-356-9397 is the number. This is Illini Pellis Saturday Sports Talk. Steve Kelly, Lauren Tate, Steve Lehman sitting in on this holiday weekend version of the show. We'll take a first time out and be back with more. Stay with us here on DWS. This is Illinois Pella Saturday, Sports Talk, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. This is Steve Kelly. Lauren Tate is here. Steve Lehman here as well. And welcome to the program, former Illinois football player and U of I graduate Cam Buckner, state representative in uh, the uh, state in, uh, legislature and one of the co-sponsors of the NIL bill in the state of Illinois. Cam, good morning. Uh, we appreciate your time this morning. How you doing?
0: Good morning. Thanks to... Uh, uh
1: you uh, you were in town uh, earlier this week with the governor. Uh, talk a little bit about the bill. What got you interested in getting involved in this?
0: Yeah. So uh, this 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 week we uh, signed the name likeness and image bill, which essentially gives college athletes in Illinois the ability to use their name, their likeness, and their image. Uh, you know, um, to um, to have to get compensation. Um, it's something that was very important to me as a former Illini, as a former college athlete. Uh, and we saw that the work that we did really uh, spearheaded a lot of the movement that now has happened since then in a very short uh, uh, time around the country. Um, the NCAA has, has since then decided that uh, they are um, going to allow uh, our student athletes to use their name, likeness and image, to have fair, get the fair market conversation. This is a huge deal for me. Um, and I'm very happy that we were able to get it across the finish
1: line. Do you see Congress getting involved in this? Do you see the, uh, I'm talking to U.S. Congress, do you see the, the need for that?
0: You know, I, I, I hope that Congress did, I was hoping that Congress would not have to get involved. NCAA seems to kind of be, you know, passing the buck uh, along to, uh, you know, state legislatures and Congress to get this thing done. Um, I've had some conversations with the Illinois congressional de- delegation about this, Uh Congress may, may get involved if they need to, but I'm I'm happy that we're moving in the right direction.
2: Kim, this is Lauren. I, it seems obvious to me that the movement by state legislatures is what forced the NCA to get involved in this, and then and uh, you know and now they have basically I don't want to say they passed legislation because but they've they've made a, a a quick move here to allow all all the states to uh, to use the NIL, but. Uh, people like yourself kind of forced them into action, didn't you?
0: Yeah, I think we did. Um, so California was the first state to kind of lead the charge here, right? Um, and and Illinois, you know, we picked it up and, and, and we we pushed. And it, there's in no small way uh, our our movements here, things that we that we did here in Illinois, pushed it to NCAA to, to at least address this. Now I want to be clear: they have not. Um, totally embraced it, because all, all they have done is uh, suspended their normal rules, but they, right. they have not made new rules to make it make sense for those young people who are trying to make sure to have those opportunities. But yes, it was a step in the, great, in the right direction, and, and I think it was a, a direct result from the, the work that we did.
2: Yeah, the NCAA's done a temporary thing, but what I want, first of all, Cam, how did you get involved in politics? How did you uh, get in the state? Uh, what What caused you to run in the first place in the state legislature, and who do you represent uh in, in the state.
0: Yeah, Uh thanks for that question, Lauren. So um, I, I always was interested in politics and, and policy and law. Um I said as a young if you if you read my um my uh, online profile as a as a young uh, Illini, I always said I wanted to be involved in politics and, and and law. Um and so when I left Champaign I went to law school. Uh, I got uh involved uh in politics by working for Senator Durbin, then worked for Senator Obama. Uh and um it brought me to where I am now, uh, you know. And I'll say this: uh, it, it it has been an extremely gratifying journey. Um, it, it's it's helped me help other people, and, and my district is it's not the district that I grew up in, but um, it's very it, it's a very um, it's a it's a very great Chicago district. I live in I live in the city of Chicago. I'm from the city of Chicago, um, but my district is is about half North Side Chicago, half South Side Chicago. Represent uh, many of Chicago kind of uh, geographic uh, places that people think about when they think about the city, right? So, like Navy here.
2: Now, Cam. Um, did I hear you right? Did you say that you worked for Obama when he was a a state senator? Is that right?
0: A state, a state senator. Yes, I actually helped run state senator Obama's um, U.S. Senate uh, campaign uh-huh. as a as, as a college Democrat in Champaign, Illinois. So, yeah.
2: Okay. Well. Where do you see the NIL – what are the limits now that you see on the NIL from this point, the limits in terms of what a guy can get beyond what might be a normal uh, pay for something that he might – for something that he might endorse?
0: Yes, we, we were very specific, in Illinois, we wanted to make sure that our young people – had the opportunity not just to not just to, to get compensation but also to be protected. Um, I, I want to thank my friend Josh Whitman for the work that he helped us do in drafting the bill and what we m- wanted to make sure um, was that uh, our our, once again, our young people had the ability not just to be compensated but to be protected. Um, you know th- th- there, there will be this, this is new ground for all of us and we'll see how this works in a practical sense but um, we, we also put in parameters into our, our Illinois bill uh, where people uh, were our young, sorry, where our young athletes could not uh, endorse things like like cannabis, like tobacco, mm-hmm. like liquor, um, and and so what, do we, what we try to do with it is give these these young folks a um, a hedge of protection around them from um, the universities that are trying to protect them, and I think what we're doing fine so far. We've seen a lot of Illinois athletes are already, already signing endorsement deals, um, and hopefully this this um, will be you know a, a, a good thing. We also know that this is, you know, there's no such thing as perfect policy, uh, Lauren. And and so at some point, we have to come back and look and see, you know, what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, and we'll fix those things.
1: We're visiting with State Representative Cam Buckner. The telephone line is open, 217-356-9397, here on DWS.
4: Okay, I'm Steve Lehman in studio this morning with them. And if that last name sounds familiar, that's because my mom, Gail, was your mentor back with the football program several (laughs) moons ago. So uh, she told me this morning before I came, uh, congratulations to you. She's proud of you and everything that you've accomplished in in your young career at this point.
0: Thank you. Uh, Gail Lehman was was great. So one of the great things about – me being in Champaign was was finding a community there very quickly. People who embraced me and and helped me kind of maneuver through all the minutia. And Gail Lehman was one of them. So um, please give your mom my best.
4: I will definitely do that. Cam, I'm curious. You talk about working a little bit with Josh. Obviously, you were a former athlete. So you understand what they go through, what was available, what wasn't available at the time. How much input did you get? from a guy like Josh Whitman or other athletic directors in the state and, and maybe even student athletes as you tried to author this bill.
0: Yeah. So l- literally Josh and I sat down uh, for hours at a time and, and, uh, tried to craft this because we knew that other states w- would be doing uh similar legislation, but we wanted to make sure that our, ours was the most forward leaning, most progressive, most comprehensive legislation. And, and I really do believe that we, that we, uh, that we got that. Um, you know, uh, Josh had great conversations with with his colleagues from across the state. Um, I know Dwayne Peavy, who's the new athletic director at at the University, where I went to law school. Where well, I went to law school, uh, spoke a lot to him about what this should look like. Um, because we, once again, the, the, the legislation has issues. Uh, there's there's no perfect legislation, and we know once we put stuff on paper, um, sometimes even the the spirit of what we're trying to do does not. You know does not get across the finish line. But talking to the people who are on the ground, talking to student-athletes and former student-athletes, I had a conversation actually last week before the government signed this with, with uh, my, my former teammates, Kevin Mitchell and Pierre Thomas. They were both um, in Chicago, and we had a good conversation last Saturday about this. Um, and just hearing their thoughts about this was, was, was huge to me too so um, I think there was great input uh, around the board on this across the board on this and you know it's I couldn't be happier and, and
4: Cam when you talk to those people because we had a caller in the first segment who who said that his fear was that this opens Pandora's box when you talk to them about what you were putting together on paper what were the unintended consequences or the fears that you guys had as as you went into this that you don't want this to become
0: yeah, so obviously the unintended consequences is that this, this becomes so, uh, so much about money and so much about, um, you know, guys and girls bringing, bringing dollars in that they, that they miss the kind of big picture. Here. Um, and, and those are valid concerns, but what, what it's clear to me is that if we can't give these folks, these young folks an opportunity to do what every other, you know, member of the, uh, university of Illinois, you know, campus, uh, can do. We, we can't give young people an opportunity to do what you and I and Lauren and Steve, Steve can do. Um, we're, we're doing them a huge disservice. So um, I think that's why it's important for us to watch in, in a very intentional way what's happening. And whenever we're doing great, we should do more of it and whatever uh, needs some tweaking, we should do less of it.
1: Hey, Cam, have you had a chance to uh, meet or visit uh, with uh, Brett Bielema yet? And uh, let's get your thoughts maybe on what you've seen from he and the coaching staff. Granted, they haven't played any games yet, but uh, y- your thoughts on the direction of Illinois football.
0: So I, I, I uh, I'm very excited about Illinois football. I'm, I've not met coach Bielema in, in person yet. Uh, we've had a couple of phone calls and kind of a zoom situations. uh, in the, the early parts of, of, his, uh, of his tenure. I'm super excited, very, very excited about where Illinois football is going. Obviously, I, I was a huge fan of Coach Smith, um, but I knew it was time to move on, right? Obviously, there. Um, I, I had some conversations with, with Darian Lowe and some other guys uh, that are on the team when I was down in Champaign this week. I'm excited. I think we are moving in the right direction, uh, and I, I think Illinois football is going gonna, gonna to come back in a very, very aggressive way
1: what about your future political aspirations got anything in mind
0: um you know we'll, we'll see I'm, I'm having fun right now uh, representing this wonderful district um yeah, i i if you, had you asked me 10 years ago would i be, be right here i would not have uh, thought i would but I, but i am and i'm having a great time we'll see what comes next but i'm just uh, having a great time uh, you know representing the folks who I represent and, you know learning more uh, about how policy and, and legislation can affect people who need it the most
2: anything in particular that you're working on now specifically uh, now that this is kind of behind you
0: uh, so this, this was my this was my baby this, this was my big thing and now that it is done I, you know I'm, I'm kind of breathing a sigh of relief. I'm going to spend some time this summer um, you know uh, with, with, with my family and kind of uh, decompressing. Uh, And we'll see what's what's next. But, you know, uh, we we go back to session at some point this fall and then uh, in in earnest in in January of 2022. Uh, And we'll just keep on plugging away. Illinois has a lot of things that we need, you know, needs attention. And we'll continue to try to knock these things uh, down one by one.
2: And uh, I'll ask you again, do you see Congress acting in any at any point uh, in here soon uh, to clarify this for the for the whole country?
0: You know, there there are there are there are uh, law or sorry um, bills that have been filed uh, in Congress. Um, you know, you guys know as well as I do, much as I love, uh, and I started my political work, political career in Congress. I don't expect for the of Congress to act. Uh, since, you know, at all. Um, I think there are things that 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 are more important uh, in the country that need to be addressed. And I would you know I would hope that the NCAA would take a real stance to try to figure out what kind of organization they want to be moving forward to, uh, and, and put some of these real parameters in place and not just suspend the current, the current rules that they, that they have so far.
2: Well, the only thing I will say about that is as you go forward, you're still going to have to make legislation that passes the legal test and it sure looks like the judges are lined up to make it uh, pretty free. Uh, it's going to be a I think it's going to be a, a wild west out there because I don't think that the I think that everything that the that the players want it seems like they're going to get, and I I think this I think this could go to real extremes if the court allows it. For for instance, I I just mentioned the fact about this uh, transfer portal. Somebody said, well, you know, they can't transfer a second time. Well, they can if the judges say they can. I mean, right. if, if they can overrule everything. That that's what got me. One, I, I think any decision that anybody comes to now is is up for judgment by 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 the legal side.
0: Lauren, what what we are seeing across the board is that the entire NCAA structure is it's melting, right? Um, and a lot of that is based on the fact that the NCAA has not acted on this a long time ago. And I think you're absolutely right. No one knows what the, what the rules should be. No one knows what the rules are. So whether we're talking about transferring or compensation any of that um, you look at the Supreme Court decision that came down I guess two weeks ago now uh, and Justice Kavanaugh was very clear in what he said that the entire a model uh, is built on a, a antitrust trust um, situation and that you know that, that the Supreme Court would be addressing this later down later later on, on the roads down the road so we'll see what happens uh, but I think that this is just the beginning of upending, you know, the the entire legislative Hey
1: Cam, we appreciate your time. Good to catch up with you, and uh, congratulations on uh, getting this uh, legislation done. And uh, keep up the good work.
0: Thank you guys so much. You have a great weekend and a happy Independence Day. Yeah, hey Cam, Thanks,
2: Cam you need to make it down for a football game this year, and we'll we'll see you
0: there. I will be I will be down, and I will make sure I give you give you guys a ring.
1: Do that. Thanks a lot. Cam Buckner is with us. He played at the U of I in uh, 2003 to 2006, defensive lineman. Lauren will tell you what number of uniform he wore.
2: 54. <laughs>
1: Close. <laughs> 59 was Cam Buckner's number. Need to take a break. We'll uh, come back. The phone line will be open. Well, we haven't talked baseball yet. We can do some of that. We can get back into uh, Kofi Coburn talk. That is the hot topic around on this a firecracker of a weekend, so to speak, going in. Stay with us, WDWS, Champaign, Urbana, Illinois. Pella Saturday Sports Talk back after this. It is nine thirty-four. Illinois Pella Saturday Sports Talk with the legend Lauren Tate. I'm Steve Kelly.
2: <laughs> you got to cut that out.
1: <laughs> you know what? I don't do that very often. I thought a holiday weekend on a.
2: Only see, say it if See you're if finished. I can get you fired
1: up. <laughs> <laughs> you're a little firecracker, aren't you?
2: I want to hear Layman talk about what's going on in Nashville and Vanderbilt. What happened in that uh, <laughs> baseball tournament in, in Omaha? They got beat. They got beat <laughs> bad. Miss- look,
4: Mississippi State's really good. And if you want to be happy for somebody this weekend, Mississippi State and that baseball program and their fans. First time
2: it. ever by any sport. Any
4: team sport. They won a national championship, and they did it in the sport they honestly probably care the most about. Mm-hmm. If, if you pay any attention to SEC baseball, it's, it's a sport that the entire conference embraces and wants to be good at, but maybe no one more so than Mississippi State. The Dude, as they call it, Duty Noble Park, seats close to 15,000. They set the all-time super regional attendance record, both single game and for three games during the super regional against Notre Dame. It's an awesome place. The cowbells are going and all that. They went out to Omaha. The College World Series set single game, final series, and overall attendance records just by having them there. That's how many people came from Starkville to want to be out there. It was awesome to kind of watch the scene. And obviously, I live in Nashville and know everybody with Vanderbilt baseball, but To be honest, Mississippi State was just better. After game one, they totally dominated that series. And to be frank, Vanderbilt didn't play very well in the entire NCAA tournament. They hit 179 in Omaha. They had 13 errors in seven games in Omaha. They really got there because of Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter, their co-aces, who are both going to be top five draft picks and stars at the next level. They are awesome. This year? Yeah. And they pitched them in a week or whatever. They pitched them to that point in spite of of everyone else around them not playing well. And so the idea they got to the place where they were in game three of the finals and almost repeated with the only guy returning from that 2019 team being Kumar Rocker is a pretty amazing thing. Are
2: they using sticky stuff?
4: <laughs> that I don't know. I haven't asked that question. But they have changed the balls a little bit in college baseball, so maybe that helps.
1: We'll, we'll get back to that in a minute. We do have a caller from Florida. Hey, Mark, good morning. What's on your mind?
5: Hey, good morning. Uh, it's on my mind. And uh, sort of maybe one of the unintended consequences where you see all the former cheaters now wanting to be exonerated because it's legal to receive money now, like the Fab Five, uh, like Reggie Bush, all the former cheaters. That doesn't change history, people. You still cheated at the time and don't deserve exoneration.
2: I think I agree with that. I don't think it's going to happen either.
5: Well, not just
4: the Reggie Bush and the Fab Five and all that, but what about the schools right now, like out of the FBI probe? So there were some schools in that situation that kind of said, okay, you caught us, we'll work with you. Tennessee right now is actually doing that with their football program. And I've heard people, my mom's one of them, saying, when's Kansas going to go down in basketball and Arizona and and LSU and all them? They've hung out and basically said, let's see how this plays out. They've waited the longest can the NCA do anything to them now i mean well, yes they it's, cheated it's, and they were out pa- of,
2: it's out of ncaa hands right now they've turned it over to a to a committee to to make the decision it's beyond the NCA. remember that uh, for instance kansas decided that they, they wouldn't go through the normal process that they would accept the, the ruling with no appeal by this other board and the other board is not acting Which I don't understand. I mean, they're not even meeting as far as I can tell.
4: Well, now with this and the latest uh, ruling from the Supreme Court, uh, I have to think that factors into how that other board views it. Because essentially they'll be ruling on transgressions that now today would not be as big
2: of a faux pas necessarily. I don't know about that. I think if you... well maybe I, I I think that those the things that you're giving athletes have to be approved by the by the colleges and those weren't approved so would they be approved now as is, is your point I guess right
4: or at least the idea that the Supreme Court has said that there really shouldn't be any barrier holding student athletes back from being able to make compensation beyond their scholarship limits this is obviously that and
2: i think you're right i think it okay. goes too far compensation, But compensation is one thing uh, handouts are another i think i don't know if, if if the if the uh boosters can get together and just form a twenty thousand dollar slush fund and give it to somebody i don't think that's acceptable now the legal the, the law may prove me different the judgment the judge that decides on that may prove me wrong but I don't think you can do. That. I know you can I mean, I know that raises a red flag. I know that the university's not going to allow it.
1: Go ahead, Mark. Uh, what else you got?
5: Uh, well, along those lines, the, you know who will be the only one they won't forgive a past sin? The guy that uh, gave a kid a pizza and a ride home in the rain. <laughs> well, that's
2: that's a that's a that's another story that really never happened. <laughs> that's just that's just talk. I don't the pizza well, thing is yeah you know, thanks for the call yeah
1: that's kind of like Rennie Clemens dunking over Shaquille O'Neal it,
4: it never really happened did it? <laughs> I actually watched that game about two months ago it was a heck
1: of a play <laughs> it was, but it, it was, it, was it, awesome it, 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 he it wasn't basket. a dunk it
4: wasn't he close he the
2: basket yeah,
4: yeah he fouled yeah. him out of the game too yeah it was an incredible play and something he should talk about forever right. but <laughs> only Rennie should be able to stretch it out for his grandkids right. and say that he
1: dunked right but there, there are people that swear by that oh, absolutely that uh it's kind of funny. I
4: actually didn't turn it off just to make sure yeah, that it but didn't, you didn't happen. Forget.
1: <laughs> I was sitting the, 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 under the basket, I think, at, the, at the, that particular game. And anyway, um, with Vanderbilt and Tennessee both in Omaha, yeah. yeah, you are still under some travel restrictions, apparently, at your The uh, pandemic at, still strikes. At News so. Channel 5 in Nashville, yeah. so you weren't able to get out there. Huh?
4: Yeah, unfortunately, because I love Omaha. I, I think it's so great. And that was one of. One of my saddest things actually watching Illinois athletics and my love for this place was I really wanted, and unfortunately they lost to an incredible Vanderbilt team, I really wanted to see that 2015 Illinois team get to Omaha for a couple reasons. One, it is just such an awesome experience that I wanted this community and this school to have the opportunity to go out there, and even if it was two and done in Omaha, to have that experience of that first weekend where there's eight schools and it really is a celebration of the sport. Unlike I think anything in college athletics maybe other than the final four, it's just it's a great thing. But the other thing that would have done is it would have jumped the interest in baseball around here to a level that we've never seen before that I think would help Dan Hartlib in terms of facilities and and upgrading Illinois Field and all that, which has to happen because, frankly, when you look around in the SEC and you go to these places and you see their facilities and their ballparks and then you come back here and look at this, it is like playing on a totally different level. And so the idea they were that good a few years ago – tells you the job they've done given the limitations, but that has to change at some point. And that that was one of my real regrets of 2015 is that we didn't get that experience. Here. We
2: might get 10 good weather games in the course of a season mm-hmm. and Mississippi State gets 35 or 40. Sure. You they, know, I mean, they
4: play home games on February 15th.
2: And, and you know, it, the, the weather just kills it around here because just when you get excited about going to a game, it's it's raining, it's – April rain, April showers bring May flowers, I guess, but they also bring May rain, too. I agree with that, and I think
4: that it does govern how schools have treated it. But here's the thing, Lauren. We've seen teams in the Big Ten compete in the last few years, and I think you'd see it more regularly. I mean, Michigan, two years ago when I was in Omaha, lost to Vanderbilt in Game 3 of the finals. Mm -hmm. And that was maybe the best college baseball team ever ever that Vanderbilt fielded in 2019 and Michigan took him to game three. And we were
2: within one pitch of eliminating Michigan. Yeah. One hit, in the Big ten, two ten strikes. In the Big Ten tournament, And the and f- batter fouled off two or three and then he hit a double so, and won the game. So point. a huge part of it is getting hot late in
4: the season when the weather is more of an even factor of all these places. But Illinois had that great team in 2015. Indiana's had several teams that have hosted regionals and super regionals. They got to Omaha one year. It is possible up here but to be able to do it consistently you have to have the facility and you have to fund it and that's the thing in the sec that they all pour everything into it because it's a moneymaker down there and that's where the big 10 will struggle because you're never going to make a lot of money on march baseball games but at some point if they upgrade these facilities and they change the schedule slightly or push to change the schedule slightly i i think big 10 baseball could be a more competitive thing and i'd like to see it
1: Similar situation, different sport, but we need to get Mike Small to write a book mm. on how to have a northern team compete in a uh, yeah. in an atmosphere of south and west-dominated athletes and teams. He's mm-hmm. he's done a remarkable same thing, job. Same thing seems
2: true in tennis That's also. Right. We saw it in tennis this year. It did. For sure.
1: Saw Brad Dancer yesterday down at the golf course. Good. He was out there with his dad and his sons. Okay. Picking up a new sport.
4: By the mm. way, th- this brings up something that... Uh, Kind of stuck in my craw watching from the south this year, but the way the Big Ten handled a lot of these sports uh, I'm just talking overall was a real competitive disadvantage for their schools, and mm-hmm. I think it will have lasting ramifications beyond this year. I mean, we all saw what happened in football where they canceled the season for a time and then brought it back in late October. I think that clearly hurt the programs in the school. They didn't play in front of any fans in any stadium throughout, while the SEC had twenty-five and 30,000 in all of their stadiums. That was, I think, a competitive disadvantage for this year, but I think it also tells recruits out there, uh, certainly at the time in August, it was like, this conference doesn't even want to play, this conference is. I think that's a problem, but also you look at the spring. The NCAA had proven by the time we got to the second semester this year how you could put off seasons, how you could go through the testing and do it safely and travel and compete and have interscholastic activities between conferences and schools and all that. And the Big Ten decided to do conference only in basically every spring sport, most of which are outside. And they delayed start times. I mean, baseball was basically a month late in the Big Ten. They played 12 less games. There's no question – the, the Big Ten got fewer baseball teams into the NCAA tournament this year and a good year in the Big Ten because yep. they only played each other and they didn't play enough games. Yep. Nebraska was awesome. Nebraska was a great team. They, got the, they didn't get a national seed because they didn't play enough games. That is the Big Ten's fault, mm-hmm. and there's no question about it. Nebraska almost beat the number one team in the country in the regional final they had no business being in that position, but the Big Ten put them there, and tennis was the same way. Illinois clearly was a top-10-type team in tennis this year. Anybody who watches, my best friend in Nashville is the tennis coach of Lipscomb. He's yeah, like, went they 19 they a got stunk. They yeah. got totally looked over by the NCAA because of what the Big Ten did. They get the number 16 national seed. They have to play the best team in the country, first game in the national championships, yeah. and they're done. They yeah. should have probably played another round at least – if the seating was fair, but that was totally because of how the Big Ten treated their schedules and treated their student-athletes this season, and it's a shame.
1: Need to take a break. We will keep the phone lines open. We're going to talk some basketball in hour number two, if you'd like to jump in on that. 217-356-9397 is the number. It is 947. This is Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk, and we're back after this. It up on 949, telephone line open, Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk, the text line is open as well. Got one from San Francisco coming in loud and clear in the city by the bay this morning. It says, instead of talking about how NIL works, why not hire an Illini player to do a promo message for Saturday Sports Talk to tell us how it actually works? Well, we're not going to pay people to come on the show. I'm pretty sure about that. But certainly we could get, uh, that's a good point in that discussion. Well, I think there
2: are people wondering, you know, sure. what if a player says, yeah, I'll talk to the media, give me 30 bucks, you know, or whatever. <laughs> and
1: uh, and I think it's a legit question to wonder how it works from a player's side. And that would be interesting how Trent Frazier has done what he's done so far.
2: stuff that we've always had, I think will continue the same. That'll be part of the normal system, I would think.
4: Well, but here's the thing. I was thinking about this the other day. How many coaches, and I, I don't know what's been the norm around here, but how many coaches, especially in football, limit freshmen from talking to the media? Can you legitimately do that now in a world where that freshman could consider that preventing him from getting his name, image, and likeness out there? I don't think you can. Well, I, yeah. I think in a fair world, they've, they've got to basically make the entire
2: team fully open Again, to talk to you. It's a legal decision. It'll it'll have to go for a judge.
1: Let me ask you this. You deal with professional teams. Yeah. How many coaching staffs, how many head coaches don't let you talk to assistant coaches? Because it happens a lot in college. During the season, under Levy-Smith, we had no access to assistant coaches. Other other than
2: we got to talk to the coordinators. The
1: coordinators, yeah.
4: Right. That's pretty much how it is with us. They do do – it's not weekly – but they do do, um, I don't know, maybe quarterly throughout the season. They'll bring all the assistants really? to, a, to a day before practice, or maybe they do like offense one day and defense the next yeah, day. Yeah, but if you want to but, do a
1: story on a running back. you Right, want
4: to- but that's how you'd get a feature out right. of them as you, you load up on some day and right. then you fill it out throughout the course of the, the next few weeks. Otherwise, you'd have to make a request for it. But the only people from the coaching staff who consistently talk are – Mike Vrabel every day, and then the coordinators once okay, a week.
1: Okay, so Levy kind of brought that NFL um, pattern, yeah, mm-hmm. strategy, whatever you want to call it, to Illinois, and that's how that worked. He wanted one voice, yeah,
2: and he, he wanted that voice to be his. When he was defensive coordinator, we didn't talk to, and and head coach, we didn't talk to even anybody else except him about the defense. I,
4: I think that's pretty typical. We had a guy a couple of years ago, Michael Griffin, who's one of the all time leading tacklers for the Titans defense and played there in Tennessee of safety. He was under the NFL's, I think it's called the apprenticeship program, but he basically came in as an extra assistant during training camp. They allow you to do that. And so he was there for whatever, three or four weeks of training camp coaching in the secondary. So I think this would be a great story, right? He's one of the all-time leading tacklers in the program. He wants to get his coaching career off the ground. Let's talk to Michael Griffin. Let's talk to the head coach. You know, let's do this story because I think people will be interesting. And they said, absolutely not. You you cannot talk to him. He's not an official coach. He's not part of us, so you can't talk to him. So we had all this video,
2: but absolutely no one talking. But they can make rules like that, but I don't know what happens... (laughs) In the long run, uh, if it ever goes to court. If it doesn't go to court, then then the rule holds up, just like everything in the NCAA holds up until it's tested. But just from a logic standpoint,
4: if you're going to say that these athletes can benefit off of their name, image, and likeness, I think anything that suppresses their name, image, and likeness is going to struggle to be held up. And so I think those rules that coaches have really liked to put out there, that we're going to keep freshmen off limits, I think they're going to, take a really stern look at that from a court perspective
1: Steve Lehman is with us in uh, for a little bit of uh, holiday weekend vacation time he used to host a program with me here on DWS working in a pro town there's also a college town mm-hmm. do you like that uh, dynamic
4: I do I mean first off I just love Nashville and yeah. everything about it but Yeah, the ability to cover the NFL and the NHL, I think the Stanley Cup playoffs are maybe, outside of March Madness, I think they're the best tournament in sports. It's just every game so intense, you can't look up or you miss something. Overtime, sudden death in the NHL is amazing. So I love that we've got a pro soccer team now that's been well received. And obviously you deal with Vanderbilt and Tennessee on an, a daily basis. And we've got this rapper making $2 million now at Tennessee State. And Eddie <laughs> George is the football coach at Tennessee State. So uh, there's stories everywhere. And I just think it's fun to have your foot kind of in both worlds.
2: Kelly wants to know how you put up with all that country music down there. Oh, oh he, he loves
4: it. He's a, he loves we're
1: it. We're trying to get Lamo converted to that. <laughs> I'm,
2: I'm,
4: I'm trying to get him down there for a George Strait concert sometime soon. George who? And I, I don't think I'll have to twist his arm very no,
1: <laughs> it would be about If that happens, it would be about number 15 for me for George Strait. I've been to a lot of those. Um, uh, what about Nashville as a future Major League Baseball town?
4: That is the big topic right now, Steve. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about it. There's actually a group called Music City Baseball, and they've got a brilliant plan. I'm not sure how it's going to ultimately work because there are only so many teams and franchises out there, even if Major League Baseball decides they want to expand. But they've decided they're tapping into the old Negro League history there. They took the star's name from a team that used to be there and and a bunch of other, the history of that. And they've got a group, Dave Dombrowski's part of it. Dave Stewart, the former pitcher. Tony La Russa actually has been involved, less so now that he's back managing. And then Alberto Gonzalez, the former attorney general, is another person, big name that's involved. So they've got some backing, and their goal is to do a completely privately... Funded team to take the public money out of it, and they they want to build a stadium right downtown. There, it's a beautiful a plan. They're going to need some help from the city on how they'll allocate the land and maybe even how they'll get a hold of the land. But there is space there if the city's willing to work with them on it. And then baseball, Rob Manfred actually came out a couple years ago and said one of the, he wants to expand under his watch, probably by two teams. And he listed Nashville right off the top as one of the most likely candidates along with Charlotte. And I think Vegas and Portland. And now you have teams like Oakland that do not have a stadium deal out west, and they're probably going to move at some point. Tampa, there's been a lot of talk about the Rays being on the move, and especially Tampa, people bring up Nashville a lot when it happens. So I think it's more of a matter of when as opposed to if, but the win's a big thing here. I mean, I think it could be 10 years, and there's still not a team in Nashville, but I think it will come at some point.
1: Do you think uh, a move of a team is more likely than expansion?
4: I think based off of the pandemic – Right now, yes. I think if the pandemic never happened, I think baseball was hoping to expand by 2024, 2025. But now that that's happened and finances have taken a hit everywhere, I think they want to make sure that the current teams are settled, have good stadium deals, and all of that before they try to expand anywhere else. So I would say right now, if you're looking short term, the most likely would be one of those two teams.
1: Speaking of Major League Baseball, last night's scores Cincinnati beat the Cubs two to one. The Cubs have lost seven straight now. Milwaukee in the meantime, (laughs) during that time, has won ten straight. Cardinals uh, got a win in ten innings by the unlikely score of nine to three, with a six-run tenth inning last night. After not being able to do anything for <laughs> for nine innings, <laughs> I felt like I was
4: watching one of those games at Omaha. Bader hit a grand <laughs> slam. That's an her. unusual thing. I yeah. just capped it.
1: He, he hit it out, but he did hit the heck out of it. And uh, the White Sox beat Detroit by a score of eight to two. Now Milwaukee's running away with things, and uh, it's a pretty safe bet that the um, uh, a wild card slot that's not likely to come out of the uh, national league central so cubs and the cardinals might be doomed here at the fourth of
4: july I, I mean milwaukee's playing great but i'm not sure i don't think the three best teams in the national league are those three teams in the west right. I, I think you're probably going to get all three of those teams in the playoffs which means the cubs or the cardinals whoever need to get hot in a hurry because you're going to have to catch milwaukee
1: we're moving up towards the top of the hour hour number one of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk is in the books. Hour number two coming up. Scott Ritchie is in the bullpen. He's going to slide into the starting lineup here in hour number two. We'll talk some basketball with the phone lines open. Stay with us. We're back with more on WDWS Champagne urbana
0: It's the second hour of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Join the program by calling 217 356 9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Here again are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly.
1: Welcome back to the show, everybody. Glad you're with us. As Gene Honda said, the telephone line is open. If you'd like to join us, we're chugging along until 11 o'clock. As usual, unless Lauren dictates we go over <laughs> we might have to take a vote on that but uh, we'll do whatever Lauren says on this particular show Scott Ritchie is with us here in the uh, studio good morning Scott we didn't get you out of bed did we? No
6: uh, the commitment of Sincere Harris got me out of bed <laughs> this morning well, I was awake but I hadn't really checked the internet and then surprise new commitment for all my basketball. Yeah we
1: had that uh, story right off the top Sincere Harris a six-four guard Four star, if you're a star counter, out of Akron, Ohio. Tell us more about the, what you've learned about him.
6: Well, I guess we'll start with um, maybe the the most unsurprising thing: he's left-handed, which uh, fits <laughs> with what Brad Underwood wants. I mean, he's just collected lefties over the last four years. But I mean, obviously, comes from a really good program at St. Vincent-St. Mary, uh, also known as LeBron James's alma mater, um, and the Irish won their ninth state title this season uh with sincere harris in the backcourt uh, alongside malachi branham who is now at ohio state um obviously it'll be a freshman this year for the buckeyes so comes from a good program played on a good team uh four star across the board top 60 player if you go by rivals not quite as high if you go by uh, 247 so just take your pick um but and just uh fits what Illinois needs in the twenty twenty two class, you know, as another guard because obviously this year's freshman class was so wing heavy, you know, guards and bigs are, are the focus with this next class and now they've got two with Sincere with Harris and Reggie Bass.
1: Did Ohio State recruit him, do we know?
6: Uh he didn't have an offer from Ohio State. Uh, his offer list was surprisingly slim. Uh I mean that could I mean recruiting is so just uneven you know with the pandemic you know with coaches not getting a chance to see these guys you know as often in person um you know chose Illinois from a group that included Xavier, Maryland, Wake Forest, um.
1: Cincinnati I think was on that
6: yeah so I mean he had some obviously had some good offers and you know just got his Illinois offer June 14th he made a, a visit to Champaign you know last month and you know Chester Frazier was able to wrap that one up quickly
2: before we get away from Ohio State. Uh, Washington going pro really hurts them, I think. And he he was their key guard coming back, and uh, now what's Liddell going to do? Well, I mean, I would imagine EJ
6: goes back to Ohio State because I don't think he. I mean, he's not going to be drafted. Yeah. Uh, I'd be very surprised if he was drafted. Um, but no, Dwayne Washington kind of changes the calculus for Ohio State. You know, they were. Maybe considered a Big Ten, one of the Big Ten favorites with you know, both of those guys coming back without Washington. You know, their backcourt, I'm not sure what to make of it. So, I mean, that's a, a huge, you know, loss for them. And I, I think that drops them certainly below Purdue, below Michigan, um, maybe more into the the jumbled middle that I think will be the Big Ten.
2: middle. Is that where Illinois is? In the jumbled middle? Yeah, because, I mean. By the way, the Big Ten is going to be a lot weaker this year. I mean, you look at the teams that uh, I know Carr hasn't made a decision yet where he winds up. What do you think Carr's going to
6: from Minnesota? Where is he going to wind up? I doubt it's Minnesota. I mean. You think he'll go back there? No, I mean, you go in the transfer portal, and it's a rare thing when you go back to where you started. And yeah. I think one thing maybe Some in Minnesota... Some Illinois fans just yeah. hit the deck <laughs> when you said that. <laughs> I mean, the one thing with Minnesota is he's not unfamiliar with Ben Johnson, obviously, because he had been Johnson had been an assistant under Richard Pitino with the Gophers. So maybe that he does go back. But I mean, that's that's a rebuilt Minnesota team. I mean, there's nobody you know familiar you know, on that roster anymore, hardly after this off season. Um. Yeah, I don't. The Big Ten's gonna. I mean, I think it'll still be competitive, but I just you really don't know maybe it's not going to be
2: there like it was
6: no you don't know who emerges out of that group i think purdue with trevian williams back with Jaden ivy back like they're a legit favorite to win the title michigan as long as hunter dickinson comes back will be at the top as well and then uh take your pick on three through 14.
4: There's just a lot of unknowns in the Big Ten where last year I think you knew some teams and knew some pieces like with Illinois you knew Io DeSumo and Kofi Coburn were coming back and that Illinois was going to be a factor you can't do that with as many teams this year in the league and I think to go back to our initial conversation I think we're going to see that more and more especially in college basketball with the transfer rules and the portal and how many guys went in and and you throw all that into the equation, I think you're going to look a lot every year where it's almost like free agency. You're trying to figure out who has
2: whom yeah, when the knows season who's starts for Iowa this year. Yeah. Iowa's really hurting. Well, I got Jordan Bohannon. I back. know, but he's hurt. He got, <laughs> and, he got hit in the head the other day, so he's. And it's not yeah. clear
4: anyone there likes him based off of that video <laughs> and other things. <laughs>
6: right. So I'm not sure how many people showed up for his autograph signing at the fireworks stand you know, this weekend. <laughs> uh, but I mean, Iowa, they've got you know every McCaffrey. Known to man, and I mean, the youngest brother's in high school now, so he'll be there eventually, as long as Fran's still the coach, I guess. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, Keegan Murray was kind of a made a rise at the end of his freshman year, but, yeah, certainly different. Wieskamp's gone. You know, Luke Garza's gone. C.J. Frederick's gone. Uh, yep. You could say that for about every Big Ten team. It's like these key players from last year aren't coming back, and not all of them are pros. like C.J. Frederick's going to be at Kentucky.
2: Yeah, well, I think what you're going to see this year is, is the blue bloods will be back up playing well again, including Kentucky and some of the teams in the Big Ten that were so competitive in the last year are going to fall off. This is this is what this is what we're seeing. Illinois won't be as good as they were last year. I don't see that being ha- as possible. No.
1: Let's uh, let's go back to Kofi and the fact that he entered the transfer portal on the last day, I guess. That he could, uh, t- t- on the deadline there, so to speak. Uh, how surprised were you that he did that? And now that you've had 48 hours to to think about it, well, where do you think this goes?
6: Well, yeah, my initial reaction was sort of stunned. I just so it was sat staring at Twitter. I was like, "Did this really just happen?" Um, Give him some time to think about it. it. Was like it it makes sense for him from a business perspective, you know, going in the portal while he continues to go through the you know, pre draft process for four more days, um, opens up every option for him. And, you know, name image and likeness is now part of that deal. Uh, but still so I just the idea that you know he withdraws from the NBA draft, comes back to college basketball and doesn't play at Illinois it still seems rather strange because he comes back to Illinois it's a similar deal to last season instead of Io and Kofi it's Andre and Kofi and those two are you know the main guys for a team that could if Kofi comes back I mean that's where Illinois could be you know again you know top 15 maybe you know top 10 if you really want to push it it's just uh, now that, that option's still on the table but he has many many more because he's right now the best player in the transfer portal.
1: Let's go to the telephone. We do have the line open. 217-356-9397. three five six nine three nine seven. Let's say hey to John in Champagne. Hey John, what's on your mind? Uh,
7: well, a little bit, a little bit about Kofi, and just a little bit about the uh, uh, the new plans uh, for the operations. But I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Kofi even end up at Kentucky. Uh, I quite honestly, and, and this, is, this is not sarcasm on my part at all, because Kofi made us what we were this past season. I was never quite happy uh, because I was afraid we'd see. I, I wanted it to be clear-cut at the end of the basketball season. Could he make the pros? And I, I know myself and a lot of other people, some of them on this program, didn't think that he would was rounded enough to do that. I I'm ready for him to leave because it's going to be impossible for us to get someone even as good as him as long as he's here or hanging keeping us hung up in the uh, in the process. So I I'm ready for him really and we'll pay for it because we'd be a better team if he was back this year. We'd win a lot more games anyway. And uh, like to have your thoughts on that, and then I had uh, then I had one other little thing.
1: Anybody want to jump on that?
6: Well, just the the idea that Kofi you know winds up at Kentucky. It's it's not maybe new. I think everyone just sort right. of assumed that was where he'd go. But it's just it's funny to me because Kentucky would then be have done what Illinois tried to do with getting you know they recruited both Kofi. And Oscar Shibway, and then Kentucky could possibly have both. I just, I thought that, found that funny. But, I mean, he's not like a guarantee to K- Kentucky. I mean, I still think he probably stays in the draft because, I mean, he'll probably be selected in the late second round. I mean, I think there's a team that will take a flyer on him, would be my guess. But, uh, I mean, there's nothing guaranteed about. The draft, about the portal, about anything, really, I, in, I in terms of college roster. I,
4: I think it's been clear, too, from the beginning. He and his camp want to be in the draft. That that oh, it, yeah. That is their number one option. And so unless somebody tells them, absolutely,
2: you're not going to get selected, I,
4: I don't know if college
2: or well, return nobody, to college is nobody like Nobody it. can tell you that. Exactly. Because nobody knows what so, somebody might say. Oh, I think I'll take a chance. Yeah, all, the, all you need is the, one team. Yeah, the 59th pick could be him, but – uh, you know, I just I find it unlikely because there are, are over more than a hundred guys that aren't going to be drafted. and He's one of them that isn't likely to be drafted. Yeah.
1: What else you got, John?
7: Well, he's 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 keeping he's uh, this is not a, a very very well uh, said, I guess, but he is shortcut. He is keeping us from getting a top top center who can do more. Than just power, rebound, and, and power slam dunk, You know. Well, is that like guy out there? Up? Is there a guy
2: like that out there? I mean, I don't even know. Well, I mean, uh, Michigan's got the same problem waiting for Dickinson. I mean, Ohio State's got the same problem waiting for Liddell. I mean, everybody. You know. Oh that, yeah.
7: Yeah, I know. Seems like we always get hurt on something like that. Uh, the other, the other thing that I had was, uh, uh, I can see. I think. Well, I know that, as far as I'm concerned, common sense tells me that the lawyers and the politicians are going to be end up being the ones in uh, in charge of our athletic programs. It will it will happen. Common sense will not rule uh, because in those two cases, there's a there's a lot of uh, learned people in both in both those areas, but there's an awful shortage of common sense. And I I can see somebody uh, going so far as to getting an injunction by some friendly judge, area judge, and getting someone, banning someone from playing until they give an opinion. Let's let's say Kofi. Okay, Kofi did something wrong. I'm accusing him, uh, and I'm finding this friendly judge, and there's an injunction, and all of a sudden, I can't play. I can't play until they rule on it, and don't laugh. I said <laughs> when uh, when they announced that we had uh, that we've had COVID in the U.S. I said the sad, sad thing is it will end up being <clears throat> excuse me end up being in the hands of uh, lawyers and uh, scientists, and neither one of them know a heck of a lot about running this country or this Big Ten.
1: <laughs> all right, John, appreciate your thoughts. Thanks for the call. Appreciate all you taking all right. time to I do hope
7: I hope, those, I hope I hope a lot of those thoughts are not true. <laughs> okay. All righty, thank you. Yeah,
1: we get you. 217-356-9397 is the telephone number. And, you know, When we're talking about Kofi, we're talking, everybody's thinking NBA. There's other ways to, to make money professionally. Besides the NBA, a lot of guys have done that for a long time. Corey Bradford just wrapped up 20 years of playing. Over Dion Thomas, is a good example. Brian Randall, there's Kwan Garris, there's all kinds of guys. I I really don't have a good handle on what kind of money they make, but I would think a guy like Kofi would make more money doing that. Maybe not now. With I'm talking myself out of it now. Would he be better if if money is the game? If money is the desire. Can you make more money playing overseas than he can by coming back to the University of Illinois for a year?
6: Well, uh, maybe this year, no. Kind of depends right. on you know, how profitable his name, image, and likeness is. But I mean, when it comes to playing overseas at all, it really depends on what country you wind up in, what league or leagues, plural, you know, that team is playing you know, in. Um, but just as a more recent example, you know, Brandon Paul, you know, a couple years ago, Got a six figure six figure deal to play uh, in Turkey with one of the best teams in Turkey and, and consequently one of the better teams in Europe. Uh, so there's there's money to be made uh, out there for guys you know, not in the U.S. But you see more recently you know, players that will pick the G League because there is a direct path from the G League to the NBA
2: and they are paying better.
6: And th- yeah, it's not still not great, but it's certainly better than it was. And I think there were thirty. Three different players called up this past NBA season from the G League, you know, to an NBA roster. A lot of those guys on the new, ish you know, two-way contracts. Where um, I think that creates uh, even more opportunity. But uh, yeah, the, the NBA itself is not the only option for Kofi, and you know, I think you know, his desired goal from the beginning has been to it to it be becomes, a pro. It, it,
2: to me, it comes down to right now. It comes down to the decision of throwing out uh, Europe. It comes down to a decision whether you want to play for the University of Illinois and see what you can get here out of the name image likeness or go into the G League because he's not going to be in the NBA from any, from all indication. Everybody's indicated that, that I've talked to that he's, he's going to go to uh, the G League and he might not be a starter there
4: and also i think to add into that is where do you think you can take that next step because the goal is to obviously not be in the g league it's to be in in the association you want to be there and so if you're going to have a transition year next year do you think you have a better chance to learn some of the things because the big thing that stuck out to me in the loyola game he can't defend the pick and roll he just can't never could and that is something that he has to be able to do to play in the nba now, can he come back to Illinois and go through the car wash the whole season? Brad Underwood, drill him on that. And can he take that next step? Can he do that in the G League? Well, what's what's the avenue or what's the area where he can do that the best? I think that's part of the calculus as
2: well. You don't think that it's important just to play in front of a lot of fans as opposed to being playing in the G League, which would be not well attended? I mean, the, the, can you imagine the? To me, playing. Well, I think I think it's
4: important. I'm just saying that part of the calculus for him needs to be not just about this season and can I make a lot of name, image, and likeness or whatever. It needs to be. I hope five years from now, I'm a legitimate NBA center and I have some significant improvement I have to make. Where can I make that the best next year? Is the best player in college basketball perhaps and working on all that at Illinois or as a dude in the G League who's trying to take that next step?
1: 10:18. We'll keep the conversation going. Scott Ritchie's going to stay with us till about 10.30. If you want to join us, feel free to give us a call. We'll take a quick break and we'll be back with more after this. Stay with us. 10.20, Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Pe- uh, speaking of the friends at Illini Pella, Mike Mary and his team, if you've been thinking about uh, replacing your windows or doors, you might want to step out there to the 1001 North Country Fair Drive. Check out the uh, Lifestyle Series of wood windows and patio doors that provide outstanding sound control and energy efficiency, all at a very good value. Most of the styles are available in triple pane glass, which as you may know, uh, improves energy conservation. Pella Lifestyle Series products lead uh, the industry in energy efficiency. They can personalize the solutions for each room of your home with available product packages at uh, the Pedal Window Store. and the Pedal Lifestyle Series, you can choose the features that fit your project's unique style with many colors, finishes, and grill pattern options as well. So a lot of uh, different uh, ways you can go with that. The Pedal Lifestyle Series series windows and doors are designed to last for years. Check them out at the Pedal Window Store, 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign, Give them a call, 356-6474. Check out the website at PellaOfChampagne.com. They're open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, Saturday by appointment. The best way to really uh, get a feel for the products is to go in person, 1001 North Country Fair Drive for the Pella Window Store. Scott Ritchie joining uh, yours truly, Steve Kelly, Lauren Tate, and Steve Lehman on Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Do you have the number off the top of your head, Mr. Ritchie, of the number of basketball offers that are currently out there for (laughs) Brad Underwood in
2: all classes? You can't count that. In all
6: classes? It's knocking
1: on the door of 100, isn't it?
2: Yeah,
6: it's, I think, just shy of 100 uh, with 60, I want to say 63 in the class of 2022. Now, obviously, two of those guys, Reggie Bass... Now, since here Harris are committed to Illinois, there's a handful of others committed elsewhere. But uh, yeah, it, it's been Brad Underwood's way since he got here. He casts a very, very wide net and sees what he can catch.
1: How do you think Chester Frazier's doing in the first couple of months on his job? I, obviously, he's your well, he Harris, yeah, just,
6: <laughs> just got his first committed <laughs> Illinois. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think he's done well, and you know, obviously, the f- very first part of that, it was, it was still. You know, in the whole we're recruiting you via Zoom era before the the dead period ended in June. But you know, he's been out on the road, obviously. You know, you know, in June, you know, for a couple of evaluation periods. There's three more coming up you know, this month. Um, and what he's done beyond maybe you know connecting Illinois with some of the guys that he was recruiting at Virginia Tech is, I think, opened up some new recruiting avenues, uh, especially in the southeast and sort of his home turf in the maryland washington dc virginia area but illinois offered some guys from georgia a lot more from florida and and then he's been the lead on those and then they're trying to get into texas as well and that's something that they tried it was steven gentry because obviously he had spent a lot of time in texas with brad underwood and also um a couple other places and chester frazier has got some connections there as well
2: Two uh, recruiting questions I have. Number one is Shoot Schutt, Schutt the number one player in the state of Illinois in this next class by
6: rankings? No, um, but AJ, is he the one Casey, they want? Uh, well, I think they'd take AJ, AJ Casey in a heartbeat. That um, I think they'd also take Jaden Shoot yeah, at the same time. He's you know just from talking with Joe Hendrickson a year ago about him. And he, obviously, Joe's been around basketball in Illinois for a couple decades. He's called him the best shooter he's ever seen. Shoot, yeah, okay. So I,
2: well, good name.
1: Yeah, really. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: why I spelled it. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I think
6: you know those guys are one and two with Braden Huff. You know, getting closer you know, as the as the three. You know, although Braden Huff's actually rated. You know, ranked ahead of Jaden. You know, in a couple. So One
2: other question: When we have a call, what do you know about Garcia? We spent Thursday in Chapel Hill,
6: um, so it'd be a, it'd be kind of the third big for the Tar Heels because they've got Armando Bacot came back, left the draft, and then they also added Brady Manic from Oklahoma, uh, the Larry Bird impersonator. Uh, so, I mean, that'd be kind of the similar crowded front court for North Carolina that they had last year. Uh, but he, obviously he was on campus in Illinois th- earlier this week and you know, played the five at Marquette almost exclusively last season as a freshman. But uh, there's a world where you could play him and Omar Payne together, and so he uh, I could, like that. He could both be
2: tall. a four and then he could back up a five, huh? Yeah, because he shot 36% him.
6: from three-point range as a freshman, um, mm-hmm. 6'11", 230. So uh, I think you could play him as a, a four legitimately and you could have – Two six eleven guys in your front court, and I that's like
2: attractive that. to ever center, Steve.
1: No doubt. Let's go back to the phones. Marty is with us. Go ahead, Marty.
5: Morning, Steve, Lauren,
1: and the whole <laughs> hee haw <all> game.
5: <laughs> you got? I I got a question. First of all, I want to know what the Layman family dinner table was like with Jay Layman, his brother. And I mean, how how did they arrange conversation there?
4: Well, different Layman. There's is L E M A N. Uh, we're L A Y L-A-Y-M-A-N, but we're very good oh. family friends. Very Jay and nice I were yeah. classmates. My older brother Mike okay. and JD well, that's were. That's good
5: to know because I so I was trying to figure out how you could be around Jay that much and not be scarred by it. Well, I, I do know.
4: have a couple scars. I think from Jay <laughs> in the backyard somewhere along the way. But I'll just say when we all got <laughs> together for dinner, uh, a lot of the kids were out in like the sunroom or whatever because the table wasn't big well,
5: enough. Neat. Hey, uh. I think we worry too much about what will happen with Illinois basketball because got a pretty good coach. Uh, he adjusted his entire defense uh, that he'd like to play because he had a big man like Kofi, and it worked out well. But he can adjust to having more mobile people that can defend the pick and roll. He's bringing in three wings that are all 6'5 to 6'7, long-armed, and he's got the best point guard in the Big Ten. So I think they'll be okay. I want to know what Scott Ritchie thinks about that. Well,
6: yeah, I mean, I've never said Illinois is going to be bad next year. And, you know, Andre Curbelo, if he makes the the leap that everyone expects him to as a sophomore, you know, could be one of the best point guards maybe in the country. I think he has that potential at least. Um, Just, you know, the ceiling changes without I.O. and without Kofi, obviously. But I think this team is at least middle of the pack big Ten, and with obviously well, the it, chance to, to finish other, higher. Um, but, uh,
5: the other thing I'm thinking about Scott is you're going to have extra bodies because of the one year extension of seniors, a super senior, so to speak, you're going to have more bodies. If you want to pressure and push people out on the court, you've got more fouls to give. And you've also got not the big body that to intimidate people, but you've got a shot blocker in pain, uh, so you can defend the rim and, and play the over-aggressive defense if you want to from time to time. So I, th- I think they're going to be better than people think. I really do.
6: Yeah, I mean, I honestly don't see their defense changing much from last season. Um, I think Omar Payne just defends the rim differently than Kofi did. Kofi was, okay, I'm seven two hundred eighty five pounds. You're just not going to get to the rim. Omar Payne is definitely a better shot blocker. And, you know, the, the high-pressure, ball-denial defense that Illinois played its first few years – I it forced a lot of turnovers, but they also lost a lot of games with that. And I, I think yeah, but they you know, didn't bra- have
5: anybody to protect the rim. He,
6: and even with a rim protector, I'm not sold on just you know selling out 100 percent on trying to force turnovers. And I think you well, know I'm, part of you, know, Brad Underwood. I'm
5: not sold on I'm not sold on selling out all the time, but I am sold on the fact that you're going to be able to change defenses when you want to, and overplay from time to time because you've got bodies. You got lots of wings, guards, long arm, and you got a rim protector, so you can do more differently on defense if you want to.
6: Yeah, uh, and just I'm because thinking. there are bodies, like I still like, don't play like eleven guys. Like play your best eight mm. and just <laughs> run with it. Like I, and I know Or
2: if you're Phoenix, play your best five. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah, I. I,
6: I don't know,
1: know that we'll like see the
5: that best deep. Five, I know.
1: Hey Marty, appreciate it. I Good to hear from you. you.
5: All right, take care, guys.
1: Yep. I, Scott, did he have the basketball two bits? And the limo?
4: You got anything else? Well, I just have a, a quick question. I think this will go after Lawrence heart because I know how much he loves shooters. Am I overselling this? But I feel like this team has the potential, and it's potential right now because we haven't seen them all play together. I feel like this team has the potential to be maybe the best shooting Illinois team since you go back to that 2005-2006 like, era. And if that's the case, that to me is where the upside really could come. We saw some teams last year, Gonzaga, Baylor, some of those, well, Baylor more so than Gonzaga, but could really light it up from the outside, which totally changed what their teams were like. Illinois didn't really shoot the ball from outside last year because of the way they played with Io and Kofi. I think you could see a dramatic change in that, which could change the trajectory of what they could do.
6: Yeah, I anticipate them shooting a lot more threes you know, this season. And uh, Alfonso Plummer is a legitimate three point shooter. Trent, if he's back to, you know, he got back to shooting a better percentage last season on you know, maybe not as many attempts, but yeah, he can. He's a forty percent three point shooter. All three of the freshman wings are good shooters. Austin Hutcherson is this giant wild card for Illinois, but like he shot forty percent. Williams in there as well. Yeah, and Demonte Williams is like shot fifty five percent from three and. Maybe if he shoots a few more times, which I'm okay with, like that number goes down. But you know, they have a bunch of shooters, and like I just think lean in.
2: question is, can you get the shots? And That's the key to, to being a good shooter is getting the open shots, and I think Corbello creates a lot of that. You could give him good. some tips and, on and, that, and could and you? I think, and I think Payne will be a better passer out of the post because I don't think uh, Kofi even tried to be a passer. <laughs> I'll say I'll It wouldn't take much effort. <laughs> no, I understand that. I think the team will be better defensively. I think they won't be better offensively.
1: You always got your shot, didn't you?:
2: Well, I was a ball hog. <laughs> <laughs> the, one,
1: the one thing I'll challenge
4: on the offense, though, not to jump on the joke, but they won't be as efficient offensively, but you can be less efficient and shoot better from outside
2: and, be, and have the end result be as good or some cases better. It's hard to have yeah. the end result come better. Uh, in terms of stats when you throw out all those dunks (laughs) oh i agree i mean the efficiency there's no chance they'll stack up to what
4: illinois was efficiency level last year but i think there's a shot especially in certain games when you're shooting more from outside that you could blow teams off you know just out of the gym because when those threes go they add up a whole lot more quickly than even the most loud dunks
1: let's squeeze in one more call here before the break at the bottom of the hour that would be jeff in champagne go ahead jeff
7: Hi, guys. Uh, I just have a question about the NIL. I heard Brian talking yesterday. Several athletes have already signed deals, mm-hmm. and I got in on the tail end of it. So, But he said there was a college athlete that signed with a sunglass maker by the name of Tomahawk. What happens if an Illinois player signs with that company because of all the chief stuff?
2: I think it would be okay. I don't think you know. You, I just. I, I think if it was Chief Alana it would be a problem. But I think if it's Tomahawk, it's just. I think it would be uh, acceptable. let That's my opinion. What do you think?
6: What chief stuff? The chief doesn't exist
2: anymore. <laughs> Hasn't f-
6: since two thousand six. Really? <laughs> so I, no, I think Lauren's right. It, as long as there's, if there was a Chief Alina Wick logo, which they can't use because that I think the university still owns a trademark. Yeah. Then it's a problem, um, but. Tom Hawk sunglasses. Get your deal. Oh yeah.
1: All right, Jeff. Thanks.
3: Just appreciate it.
5: on words with the cheap
6: yep. yep.
1: Thank you. Ten thirty three. Scott. Thanks for your time, man. We'll talk to you Monday. Right. You yeah. Going to be available.
6: I i should be here.
1: Yeah. Okay. We well, appreciate it. On Monday night sports talk, we'll take a break and be back with more on the line up Saturday sports talk after this. Welcome back to the show. live are on Saturday Sports Talk with Lauren Tate, Steve Kelly, Steve Lehman. Thanks to Scott Ritchie for uh, spending some time with us. Also earlier, thanks to State Representative Cam Buckner talking about uh, the NIL situation, name, image, and likeness. We'll keep the phone lines open, 217-356-9397. If you'd like to join us as we chug along towards 11 o'clock. Changing direction a little bit, welcoming uh, to the program uh, for the first time, young man named Joe Yeager, who is a trainer, a local trainer in Champaign-Urbana. We're going to learn more about what he does, who he works with and such. Joe, good to see you. How's, how's it going this morning?
8: Oh, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. I guess a little starstruck here with Mr. Tate. And yeah, guys. yeah. Uh, I don't know what I did right to get here, but it's uh, it's appreciative.
1: Well, you're a local guy. You're an Urbana guy that uh, has been around uh, these parts for a while. And uh, tell me how you got into the business that you're in.
8: Yes, sir. Well, um, I think there's kind of two parts to this. Uh, you know, growing up in Urbana, uh, my family uh, struggled with health problems. Right? And so my mother and father, immediate families all passed away. So I was always curious about health just for, as a longevity standpoint. And then of course being a local athlete you know you're trying to become the best you can be and uh, i think uh, sometimes not to get too controversial you know high school can be a little political and uh, i got cut from my high school baseball team and got cut actually at parkland college and so uh, i was fortunate enough to go on to play a little college baseball um, and, and had some success so whenever i came back i just decided you know there has to be other kids like me and i wanted to try to reach them and so i was Doing that, and I just kind of took two things that I love, uh, which was teaching and education. Education is my background. Actually, Dr. Preston Williams, I owe him a lot of credit. He actually uh, kind of pushed me into education more outside of the school setting and into the community. And so I just took my passions of teaching, education, sports, combined them, and did what they say you should always do is find something you do to love, and you never work a day in your life.
1: This is kind of a unique timing because some of your – your people were in the paper today. You uh, work with a lot of uh, local baseball players and other athletes. And uh, let's let's talk about some of the people that you work with. And uh, we could uh, start with some of those baseball people, or we could start with one of my buddies, Mike Small, who uh, wow. you have the pleasure of uh, keeping him in shape for his uh, not only coaching but playing days too.
8: Absolutely, uh, Coach Small is an absolute pro. There's nothing uh, I, I, you know. He, uh, he shows up prepared every day, pushes me, keeps me honest. And I think anyone who's come across him just knows just how Coach Small runs his business. And he's the same, he's consistently consistent. And uh, that's an absolute play. But these other guys, uh, it's great. You know, um, Alec Barger and Joe Wiles and Tanner Gordon, Jake Snyder, which a lot of people don't mention, Luke Smith and some of the, and uh, Jeff Lindgren. Um, I, I still, to me, they're just kids. Right. And to me, that's just like Little League, right? And they're just chasing their dreams. And they came to me and just said, Hey, coach, you know, we believe in you. We believe in what you're doing. And can you help us? And uh, knock on wood, um, it's about them. You know, I've always told people that uh, I never threw one pitch. You know, Mike and I always talk about when he's coaching, he goes, You know, I played bogey free this weekend, right? When he's coaching. You know, as a coach, I, I shouldn't get any credit. I never threw a ball, I never dressed up that day. It, they get all the credit but sometimes they always attach the coaches and uh, I just don't think that's fair I'm just a GPS right I, I gave some directions and they followed it and I give those kids all the credit and their parents I and mean, it takes a community and their parents are the ones that really should get all the credit they're the one that raise these kids
2: is there anything more difficult right now in sports than being a minor league baseball player unbelievable right well, the money's not very good, and you're on your own. And So you, you so
8: I'll tell you a story. Uh, you brought up a good point. Tanner Gordon had just switched from one team to the other, and he FaceTimed me, and he was sleeping on an air mattress in a kitchen floor, right? And we were laughing about it. And these are the things that are behind the scenes that you don't see, right? You get traded or you get demoted, and everybody thinks that it's this glamorous life, and really these kids are kids they are away from home right and they're chasing their dreams and the percentage of them that make it from here is next to nothing yeah and most of them have jobs you know when they come home and it's not what they think and uh um, we're right there for them but you're right and and especially through covid you know and the and the and the downsizing of the minor leagues there's less jobs they were
2: downsized last year now some of them are coming back this year and and yet uh, these players are the chance I, it's interesting that some of them have just come off a year of not even playing.
8: Well, I'll tell you, we had that difficult task during COVID um, to keep them busy. I mean, we we're finding creative ways to create space, keep them safe. And we we're outside and, you know, playing catch and doing all sorts of stuff. And uh, its uh, I'm really proud of them. They're very resilient. And uh, I, think, uh, I think a lot of people should be excited for what they're doing.
1: We're visiting with Joe Yeager, the local trainer. We do have the phone lines open, and Pat in Champaign is calling. Go ahead, Pat. Hey,
7: guys. Good morning. Um, I got a quick question about the name and likeness thing. Or if, uh, I'll just use a baseball player, for example. Okay. Or any athlete. If they are doing their thing, like going to do the video games or going to an auto dealership or whatever, whatever, you know, to make money, if they're academically ineligible, do they have to stop doing that, or do they just keep doing making money and not, you know, do you understand Ooh, what I'm asking? Well, that's a good and question. I, I never thought right. of that. Well, <laughs> well.
2: No, Nobody goes ineligible anymore, do they? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they have uh, they have so much help at the thing? university. Keep, you
7: know, They keep doing their thing and making money but not.
2: Well, I don't know if, if a business would even want to have them if they weren't eligible and they weren't playing. If you had a guy go uh-huh. ineligible, I assume that would probably mark the end of his uh, endorsements. I don't know. But, that. but I don't but,
4: think there's a specific rule against no, it. No. It just is, you know, no. what value do you have if you're no longer on the field or on the court? Anybody, well, any
7: student uh, can I, be. Okay, I'll use an example. A student that's ineligible at Kentucky is still going to be making money Well, from somewhere.
2: When is the okay. last time a, a Kentucky basketball player went ineligible? Well, can just, you name yeah, one yeah. in the last 50 years? <laughs> that, other than Probably cheating. 50, yeah, but... <laughs> Well, it's yeah. a good
1: question, Pat. I think probably yeah, there's some, there would there would be some kind of uh, fine print in the uh, in the original agreement that would stipulate that. I would guess. I don't know, but uh, that, that's something I hadn't thought about.
7: Just I guess I got a twisted mind. I don't.
1: Know. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. We appreciate it. God, that
7: makes three of, of us.
1: Day, <laughs> yeah, appreciate the call. Have a good weekend. Okay. Yeah. you fine. too. Joe Yeager is with us. You uh, going to spend a few more minutes with us? Uh, Talking about uh, physical training, you uh, run a place called the Perform Everyday Training and Fitness Center in Champaign, and uh, how many people do you work with roughly in the course of a week or so or a month? Well,
8: that's a great question. So uh, between individuals and groups, um, and then I also do some things afar. So uh, man, I would probably say I interact with about 120 people a week um, between consulting uh, other trainers, so I'm kind of a hodgepodge, so I do some stuff where I I work with other coaches. So I I mentor other coaches. Mm -hmm. I also get mentored, right? All good coaches should have a coach. Um, I work with anyone from the age of the 12 to uh, 80.
2: So some are non-athletes?
8: Oh, absolutely. Actually, what the misnomer is in this town is everybody thinks I train athletes. I'd say 80% of my clientele is non-athletic. I I don't – again, sports – People want to attach themselves to that, but if you go train somebody's grandmother and help their hip, it's not newsworthy, right? I eighty percent of my clientele's are not athletes. I just get the notoriety from the local athletes. Well, See, it's, it's
1: newsworthy for you because you're you're I get to help a, people. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
8: They're all the same to me. That leads me to to a question:
4: What in the pandemic have you learned of? Uh, the importance of this physical fitness and and all that, because we've seen the statistics out there of the type of conditions that have led to really bad results here. How important is it for these people to seek you out or seek someone out to find fitness in their life?
8: What you just said was, is just a ongoing topic that we're still seeing, right? We haven't seen all the damage that's done, especially mentally. I think just the social interactions with people, uh, I think people really got secluded I think people got lonely, depressed. Um, they, all their whatever negative habits really came through, whether it was eating too much or drinking too much or you know being on the Internet or whatever it is they did. Uh, and a lot of people was just uh, living in a, a, a time where they were just trying to survive, and they, their, their bad habits shown. And we're seeing, we're seeing some re, uh, a lot of hip injuries from sitting, a lot of low back injuries, a lot of shoulder injuries, a lot of headaches. Um, just all sorts of stuff, and, and plantar fasciitis from non-movement.
4: I'm curious, too, just talking about the athletes that you bring in. Uh, from a training standpoint, mm-hmm. what's the challenge of taking a high school kid or one of these guys who's in the college level or maybe early in their pro days, whatever, they they all have their different programs mm-hmm. at their school or with their mm-hmm. team, whatever it is. What's the challenge of being kind of their individual coach and trying to set a path for them there while also working with whatever they're tasked to do
8: elsewhere i'll tell you you just uh you actually just nailed what we do so i work for a company called OnBase university and then we also work for titleist performance institute tpi and everybody knows who tpi is with dr greg rose and dave phillips so what we do is we do an assessment and i think that everyone who walks in our door i, I think it's just where you start you should be assessed Right? And we say, you should spend more time assessing the athlete from a movement standpoint, a strength standpoint, mobility standpoint, a power standpoint. Once I get that assessment, it gives me the roadmap of where I need to be. Right? And along that way, it opens up conversations. Um, I wish more people in our industry would do that. So the challenge is not hard because once we do that, then we, what we try to do is I'll call the school and I'll say, hey, coach, how are you? Your athlete's here. How can I help you? And I think that that's the other thing that doesn't happen in our industry enough is this communication, right? All of us should be on the same page trying to help this athlete, right? It's not our athlete. It's not mine. There's no ownership of this, right? It's just a young person who's trying to reach to the next level. We all say we have that thought. Why can't we work together when they're in front of us and be on the same page to help them and not have an agenda to gain notoriety from it? it's it's truly about the athlete. And uh, I think that challenge is, is people's egos get in the way and people want to take ownership because there's money to be made when they say, hey, I trained so-and-so, look at me. Now let's go get it to other people. That's not my agenda. You're,
1: you talk a lot about athletes. You work with a lot of athletes. Mm-hmm. But you also said you work with everyday people too. Oh, I love so it. So the assessment has got to be a little bit different. Of it, I mean, You know, specifically, but if I walk in – as a middle-aged guy who still plays golf and say, hey, where do we start? I want to make sure I can do this another 20 years.
8: We're going to start you with a TPI assessment, right? That's what you want to do is play golf. So Tyler's Performance has done a great job. They've been around for over 20 years. It doesn't matter if you're on the PGA Tour, if you're a junior golfer, if you're an average golfer, if you're a scratch golfer, if you're day one. I work with Jeff Butts here in town. Mm -hmm. Jeff and I create this team. And what we try to do is create a team approach around you. So we'll have a physical therapist that speaks our language, a golf instructor that speaks our language, and a strength coach, just like you would get on the pros. That's what we try to do. Is that
1: basically on a different scale, obviously, how you work with Mike Small? Here's a guy that has been on the PGA Uh, Tour. He's he's, a He's a, the best, arguably the best college golf coach in the country, at least in, in this room he is. I know that. We, we all think the world of him. I love him. And yet uh, he's in a unique position of, of working with his guys and still working on his mm-hmm. game.
8: Yeah, you know, the, the, there's the unique thing with Coach, uh, if there was one, the challenge is he's always on the road. Yeah. Right? So we've got to send stuff for him to do while he's on the road. You know, when he's home, he's the first one. He always beats me to the gym. <laughs> you know, I, I, I always think I'm going to get there before him. He's always there before me. Uh, I'm got to give him late. a key. Man, I'll tell you, if I did, he'd probably never leave the place. <laughs> uh, he's, uh, he's the ultimate worker. But our, our, I would say our number one obstacle is just he's always gone. He's always on the road. And so trying to get the hotel workout rooms in, trying to do the things that we have to do. You know, and he doesn't get the practice time that he probably right. would like to get. And so just trying to keep him healthy when he goes out in place. I don't know if I answered your question <laughs> all the way.
4: No, I think um, that's right. I I I think just to go back to where we are in a country though and you hit on a lot of the things for people in the isolation but just a a simple the importance of of physical fitness every oh day to your overall health and dealing I mean COVID's one thing but all sorts of yeah, other we just need ailments. To get and move. Yeah.
8: I just think enough people don't understand just the ability of getting out, you know. I always tell people kind of one of my you know, I guess things I'm known for is I say you're either going to do it when you want to or do it when you have to. Right. <laughs> and, and, and one of these days you're going to go to a doctor and the doctor is going to say, OK, now you're going to take this pill and now you're going to change or, or this is it. You have the right right now. Right. And we always say, and I, I don't want to be like that guy, be a hypocrite, but we always say I don't have time. But yet we spend 45 minutes on Facebook. Right. Or we spend and I don't want to throw names, but we do that. And it's like just go out for a walk. Just, just move. You have to exercise your right to move every day, and it doesn't have to be this fancy stuff, right? Just get your heart rate up, keep it moving. Uh, it, it's just we all know. It's like I always tell people, "What do I eat?" What do I? I said, "You know that donut's not good." You know that a five. It's good. It's just that. it's not good in that <laughs> way. <laughs> right, and I mean everything has its place, right? Everything. A donut is never not bad. It's just when you come to me and you say, "This is what I want," you don't really need me. You really, what I try to do is everybody says, I need you for motivation. And I said, well, I'm not always going to be the most motivator, right? I'm just going to educate you. So I really try to take it from an educational platform. After that, it's up to you, right? What you should want is good counsel and good uh, good education. The rest is on you.
1: Joe, we appreciate your time. Good information. And I, it feels like uh, you get the same satisfaction out of working with, uh, uh, a group an individual mm. a, a younger person an older person thank
8: you for bringing that up i really do um my passion is people uh, and everybody always asks the age-old question who's your favorite do you like do you like working coffers do you like we I just like people i i just feel like so many people out here um are hurting and and, and they just don't have any direction and i just i just want to love on people i want to help people I want, I want to remove whatever obstacle it is that's in their way. I mean, that's kind of the cheesy name of the, the, the business Perform every day. It's like I ask people, what do you want to do? Well, I want to play with my grandkids, but my back hurts. Great, let's do that. I want to. I want to. I want. I want to go walk, and my knees hurt. Great, let's go do that. Let's let's get that going. You know, uh, every time I take a car ride, my my, my shoulders hurt. Great, let's fix that. And yeah. then then you get someone who says, Hey, I want to. I want to play Major League Baseball. Well, we can do that too. Right. Right. And so that's what I like to do. I like helping people, and I hope that uh, I hope people can just um, get out, move a little bit more. Um, and I appreciate this time being in here today. Yeah.
1: Happy 4th of July to
8: you. Uh, yeah, I'll be at work on Monday. I don't really take any days off. That's I have good. A, a couple phone calls to make after this. so.
1: That's Joe Yeager, everybody. We'll take a break and be back with some final words on the show. Stay with us here on DWS. Coming down the stretch on Line Eye Pella Saturday Sports Talk here on DWS. Covered a lot of ground uh, today on the NIL. That's, that's going to be a topic that's going to stay on the... What, for it's going to
2: keep changing too. Everybody's got questions, and then we give answers, and the answers change. It just depends. I I don't I I asked a couple questions the other day uh, to Kent Brown and got answers that, that kind of surprised me. This thing is going to be followed very closely by the university. Every single thing that any Illinois, they got 500 athletes over there. Not all, not all are on scholarship. I think they got about 110 women on scholarship, and of course more men on scholarship because of football, but You've got all these walk-ons. Anybody's got a chance to make some money on the thing, but it has to be done in a way that doesn't bring up red flags. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be watching everything very closely. And then, of course, we get into the recruiting side of it, and that's going to be a whole different story. I don't know what you can limit once. I mean, if, if I want to call a recruit and, and tell him uh, that, I, that I've got a, a deal for him to come to Illinois... This would be considered illegal by the University of Illinois, but it might not be illegal uh, when the judge rules on it.
4: Right? Cam Bugner told us in the first hour he wasn't sure that Congress would rule or, or pass legislation that would be a universal thing. That's what the NCA is hoping for. I know, though, it, but they because, don't seem to want to get around to it. Well, yeah, because the NCA wants it to be uniform, because that's the thing right now, just what you said, is Illinois will have a certain set of rules for— Student athletes to play by. It may not be the same elsewhere. Like for instance, this week, Arkansas said their student athletes can't even use school colors. So a common rule. And the same in Illinois. If you see like Trent Frazier stuff out there, he can't have Illinois or like the block eye on something he's doing. But he but can use orange and shade blue.
2: Athlete can have the Spartan.
4: They can have so. Each state is different. In they're Arkansas, they're you can't even different. use the same colors. Yeah. That's the thing, ultimately, is we need to get it so it's a level playing field where all the rules make the sense, It'll but it's going to be evolving for a long time, I think. It'll take
2: a while.
1: If you missed it earlier, Louisville basketball got a verbal commit uh, this morning from uh, commitment from Sincere Harris, a 6'4 shooting guard out of Akron, Ohio. Earlier this week, Tyler Underwood named uh, to the basketball staff as director of recruiting and scouting and uh, still no word on the third assistant coach at this particular point in time. I'd like to give a shout out to an old friend of mine who is retiring after 43 years at WCIA-TV. Peter McFarland, a broadcast engineer, has been there uh, a long time, 43 years as I mentioned. He was there when I was sports director at Channel 3. He is retiring and He's very big in the uh, area in uh, Little League Baseball and uh, youth baseball and softball and such. So, Pete. Congrats. Congratulations to you. And Lamo, good to see you, my friend. Thanks for having me in. This was fun. Do it anytime you come to town. Open the invitation. Love Mr. It. Mr. Tate, hit him straight.
2: <laughs> I'll try.
1: That's it on WDWS Champaign, Urbana. We appreciate you listening. For Steve Lehman, Dave Leake, our producer, and Lauren Tate, I'm Steve Kelly. Have a good one.